0: E-Road provides fleets with advanced capabilities for remote reefer control, real-time compartment mismatch detection, product-specific temperature alerts, and a host of compliance management applications. It's time to revisit how your refrigerated goods are monitored. Welcome to Running on Ice, the coolest community in freight. I'm your host, Mary O'Connell, bringing you the latest tech updates, warehouse news, and everything happening in the cold chain world. Not only is there the coolest show in freight, but there's also Running on Ice, the newsletter that could not be colder. You can subscribe to that on FreightWaves.com slash Running on Ice today we are joined by Travis Ross, Senior Technical Account Manager at E-Road. Welcome back to the show, Travis. Hello, thanks for having me
1: again. I appreciate it.
0: I'm excited for this. You're one of my favorite people to interview because um, you just keep it real,
1: you know? Keep it real. Thank you. I'll keep it real today.
0: All right, so today we were kind of going to dump into uh, it's something we touched on before the first time you we were on, you know, the importance of telematics and Kind of what that means for cold chain shippers, but today I want to dive into it more and kind of really get down to the nitty gritty on it. So, um, in today's kind of, I'm, I'm going to call, I'm going to go ahead and call it the post-COVID, because I feel like everyone's kind of acknowledged that it's over. Um, what there's a there's a continued sense of labor challenges. So, um, because everyone has strapped budgets, it's a down market, but you know wages aren't seeing and everything like. So why should any operation not quite bunker down and get back to the basics? Why is this a good time for technological advancements
1: within an organization? Right. Um, so why, why telematics? I thought, thought about this and I thought it might be helpful for, but I just want to like, I wrote out this cool little phrase. So let me explain what I think telematics is in one sentence that might resonate with people because that's the, that's the bit. You have to resonate with people quite quickly. Uh, so, telematics is a cozy blanket of technology over your assets, giving you greater visibility of your operations with the ability to make quick, insightful changes, bringing massive improvements to your P and L. That sounds pretty solid, doesn't it? So, sounds good. Sounds good. But if you're, if I'm in operations, I'm a transportation manager. I'm busy. That sounds quite elegant and maybe also sounds like a little bit of BS. I need I need more. Like, why am I even thinking about doing something like this? If you, I guess, probably 10 years ago, if you were to approach me as an operator and try to talk to me about telematics and this and that, I would have probably been like the, like Gandalf, right? Remember that scene? You shall not pass, like, Best scene ever, man. It's awesome. And he beats the monster on the way. Anyway, um, so I, I just wouldn't want to hear it. So what has to happen now is that people people have less time and operations. And you really only have if you have 20 seconds. That's, I, I think that's more than generous. You probably have about 10 seconds to catch somebody's uh, attention on the why. And a person speaking to someone about telematics better get to the ROIs very, very quickly. Um, without it, it's it's just speak and speak and speak, and then you end up leaving, um, and they really kind of forgot what you were talking about and were ready for you to leave anyway. So the quickest a person a person or organization can get to those ROIs, the better.
0: I kind of like that because, like you said, like especially in the market that we're in today, those sales managers, those business managers, they're getting probably over a dozen inbound phone calls of we can change your supply chain we can make everything better like daily and so they're like and they've heard it all before so you kind of have to do that what sets you apart and what what your value add is in the beginning but also like in a way that makes it kind of approachable and not necessarily just like you need to be better exactly um so kind of um you, uh, you touched on that return on investment and that's something that everyone in every stage of the business, it doesn't matter what department you're in, um, has to consider. So, you know, you have that, you have that initial investment, but how quickly is it going to be for itself? Because no one really wants to be like, I need a million dollars this year to do this implementation and it should work. Like that's not going to get your budget approved. So it's kind of that whole, um it's that whole like at, when you request for your stuff, like now what am I going to see? What advantage am I going to get into it? So um, it's kind of it's kind of easy to be ambiguous, be like, oh yeah, if we if we put this in, we're going to save ten percent, okay? But like, where save ten percent? You have to get a little bit more specific. So um, if you could lay out those kind of five in order of what op- or operations could expect to see from the fruits of their efforts,
1: sure, sure, happy to do that, and. and- when I'm talking about this and we we've had conversations about this a couple months ago, but it's not, I'm speaking from experience and I was a transportation manager about six years ago before getting into this side of things and did lean into telematics after being belligerent and not wanting to lean into telematics. So totally get it. Um, but I did realize these four, four to five, the last two kind of blend together, the ROIs really, really quickly. And, uh, So acronyms, everybody uh, likes acronyms. And this is a terrible acronym. FULP, F-U-L-P. I got to think of something different, but generally that's the order of things. Okay, fuel, that's the first one we'll talk about that. Utilization and maintenance, there's your U. I left the M out. Guess I can include that. Labor is the L. And finally, product is that last one, and they sort of blend together. So that's that's kind of how we'll go through it. But the first one is the fuel. That one is very quick to realize and easy to measure. So I've got I've got like some back of the napkin math, or well, that's not true. It's really on my notebook. I've just always wanted to say back of the napkin because I thought it would sound cool, but as soon as it came out of my mouth, that I realized it didn't sound very cool. So I wrote down some stuff on my notebook, like easy, quick to understand. Let's say we start with a uh, one trailer, one refrigerated trailer and then let's add in the cost of uh, the average cost of a diesel gallon and right now so far it's been hovering around $4.50. It's higher, of course, here in South Carolina it's much lower. We'll say 450. All right. When you lean into telematics, you now are gaining visibility of your fuel spend from pre-cool to route delivery, what's happening with side door, rear door, all these things that you can see that you weren't able to see before. So we're going to be conservative with these numbers and say one asset, $4.50 for a gallon, an average reefer runs about, burns about a gallon an hour. And it is very attainable to say in one day, I'm going to have that reefer save 1.5 gallons. That's it. Just by looking at the pre cool data, making a few changes. Oh, Lord. Edit that out, a notification came up. Sorry about that. I've got it closed. So we're back to the the simple math. Diesel is $4.5 a gallon. You're going to try to save a gallon and a half a day for one asset. Now let's just use even numbers and say you have 100 assets in your fleet. So 100 Times a gallon and a half at 450, that's $6.75 times the 100. So you are now saving with a fleet of $100, $675 a day just by looking at small changes. And that's probably just pre cool only. Now, let's be conservative with the numbers because I don't want to try to look too flashy on this. A, um, A lot of operations are 365, like the run not stop. But let's just take out some Saturdays, some holidays, and just the even number of 300 days a week. That fleet of a hundred is running times six hundred and seventy five dollars a day. Your operation is saving two hundred and two thousand two hundred two thousand dollars.
0: That is a game changing level of money. That's like, like I cannot. First of all, I can't even fathom like seeing two hundred and sixty thousand um, dollars. But that that just is that is just from one change in one division.
1: It only took our operation a quarter, three months to lay it out what we were doing before and what we did when we changed and we could see fuel burn and it would, it, it folks took notice. So that's, that's the easy one. That's the low hanging fruit, easy to get. Not to mention that now you're dipping into uh, ESG talk too, which I love ESG. Environmental, social, and governance. I just love to say that.
0: Well, like that is, ESG is a good acronym. I like that because, also, so that was just p- technically potentially for just free fuel. By the time you really get like a month's worth of data, you can drill down and potentially increase your costs even more just by a strong telematics program. Yep, absolutely. That is that is absolutely insane. Absolutely insane. Um, but I figure what a better time than ever to jump into our favorite acronym ESG. Um, I mean, you know, it's it's the hot button. Everyone wants to talk on it. Um, and I guess kind of like, so the fuel is the easy sustainability initiative in there. And so if I am like, uh, if I'm a fleet manager or something like that, like, why should I care about, I mean, we all know we're in, in like outside of, we should just save planet. Um, why should I as a fleet manager or. You know, owner of a care of a carrier, why should I kind of care about these sustainability initiatives?
1: Because investors care, customers care, and shipper networks care. I'd say even three years ago, folks would kind of write off ESG. Didn't, I mean, I can't—I don't even know what it meant three, four years ago. I, I you know, I would probably had to look it up. I didn't pay attention to it. Didn't want to think about it. But that's different uh, tons of folks, uh, meet around North America. They're talking about it. And we know that investors are looking at the performance and how companies are operated, operating shippers are looking at this across their carrier networks and folks like you and I, we're now paying attention to these kind of things and looking at it. So it makes a huge difference to a, a company's bottom line.
0: I would say absolutely. Even, um, hmm, even kind of, you know, the, the week that we're recording this, F3 is going on, and you can walk down the halls and um, just see endless endless opportunities of, oh, we're going to do carbon emissions, or, oh, we have this, and it's kind of really becoming the forefront. And I truly do think that those that aren't going to adapt it or come up with some plan for it now or in 2024, I think they'll kind
1: of be left behind. I think so, too. And it's the right thing to do. It is. So we kind of touched
0: on a a little bit with the fuel of, okay, so you invest in the strong telematic program and then you have, um, you know, potentially you save over $200,000 by the end of the year. Um, What about some of the other stuff? What about um, how do I, you know, make potentially even more money back? How do I increase that cost savings model? Because, you know, right now with the environment, the trucking environment, the way that it is, everyone wants to save money. So what are some of those extra things you can do to save money.
1: Yeah. So you mentioned making money, save money, and it's a good good point. So there, when we talk about telematics, it's not, of course, cold chain, it's ELD. Uh, folks do need a great ELD solutions, and there's a lot of good solutions out there. Um, you need it because the government mandates it, right? You have to have it. But now, when we're talking about the reefer side of things, that's when you're actually making money and saving money. So that's going to take us into the you of it all. And that's utilization and maintenance. As an operator, are you utilizing those trailers as the way they should be? I mean, the average cost of a trailer, depending if it's single or dual temp, how many doors, lift gate, all those things, probably anywhere between 120 to 180 grand for a reefer trailer. Very, very expensive.
0: Yeah, that's that's a pretty big uh, thing. That's a pretty big investment. Um, so if I'm a carrier and I, you know, spend my hundred and twenty thousand dollars for a reefer carrier um and I'm run I am running all the time. I am utilizing that trailer. So in theory, by getting, you know, rates that are provide a decent operating margin, wouldn't that automatically be offsetting the cost of that hundred and twenty thousand dollar trailer?
1: Well, you bring up another good point. So um, a lot of operators, especially some large broadline delivery applications, um, they do they do believe, and a transportation manager is going to say, "I'm using my stuff all the time." They're very uh, uh, prideful of that. And I, I was as well, but the reality is, maybe maybe they aren't, and they're losing a little bit of visibility around that. So what we what we like to do is just drop things into four easy buckets for be able, for people to be able to see with a click of a button for utilization, and that's. Hey, is it just sitting around with the reefer running? Like, is it a storage trailer that you lent out to somewhere? uh, Someone, we've all kind of forgotten about those. Is it just running dry? Meaning it's probably not, doesn't have any groceries, so it's non-revenue. Is it running with groceries on it? That's perfect. That's what you want to see. And then is it not being used at all? So when you lean into telematics that offers such a solution, you now, with the click of a button, can see that type of stuff and make massive changes in your operations. When before you were kind of, I mean, back in the day it was clipboard this or different, and you just lose visibility of those assets quite easily. And a lot of folks will assume that everything's running heavy.
0: Could not agree with that more. One of my very early jobs in supply chain and logistics was managing a trailer pool. And I would be like, hey, we show that XYZ trailer is here and it's been marked out of service from our shipper, Like been marked out by the warehouse for like two months you're gonna swap that out and they were like oh we didn't even know we had it there and i was like i've literally been emailing you about this for the last two weeks and they're like well i get they're like well what's broken on it and i say like, oh you know it has a hole in the side or you know it's just not fit for whatever they want it to do you need to swap it with something else and they were like oh well maybe someone will be by today and i was like cool i'll talk to you in another 30 days when we'll have this conversation again. And there was so many times that they would just be like, yeah, it's just going to sit there, like not loaded, just basically parked in our shipper's lot.
1: It's one of the reasons that my wife has not been able to convince me to buy a boat or an RV because those suckers are going to sit there uh, just like a trailer that I'm forgetting about. So yeah, good point.
0: I mean, a boat and an RV always sound like a great idea until you have to like do the maintenance on it and then like deal with it all the time. You always want to have a friend that has a boat. You don't want to be the friend
1: that has the boat. Exactly. Exactly. We just need to find more friends with boats. All right. So we've covered
0: two of them, the fuel and the utilization. We we need to get to the L. <laughs>
1: Well, let me let me do this. So I actually added a, with the remember I left out the M and the whole I, I just haven't mastered the acronym yet. I'll figure something out. But there was an M and that was for maintenance. So utilization and maintenance reduction. With telematics, you know, when your stuff's getting sick, I mean, this is an easy conversation, You you know, way ahead of time. Before that trailer is going to break down on the side of the road, and I can't, re- I can't remember if I'd shared this with you before on another chat. But we did pilot with an organization and and um, did a test over six weeks to study the roadside breakdowns for their reefer units, and we're able to we're able to show that sixty two percent of those road t- roadside breakdowns all would have communicated to the end user what was happening with that trailer. So a large enterprise, let's just round it down. I just like to keep the numbers conservative. If they could catch 50% of their trailers before they break down, huge.
0: That is game changing to not only your costs, but also your on-time percentage. Your customers are gonna be thrilled beyond belief, which if you are on time, not breaking down and you know meeting
1: and exceeding my expectations as a shipper, well, I'm gonna give you more freight because you're reliable. The next one, and, and the reason I listed them out here, like you're going to realize fuel first is fast. You're going to, and you can put numbers against it quickly. You're then going to realize utilization and maintenance uh, fast as well. All right. Then we started getting into labor, the labor savings. You've got things like once you have the telematics, you're not paying anybody to drive to a shuttle yard where you've got consolidated trailer to check on your reaper. You have a, an alert structure that's going to let you know. You can um, free up your yard switcher to to do other things for you rather than walk around and constantly check temps. A uh, system might let you know. There's just so many ways that you can realize labor savings with this. Uh, just like not having a driver sitting on the side of the road, aggravated because his reaper went down. I mean, that's a that's a big bad scene right there. But the reason it's kind of listed, it's a it's a big piece of it. But the reason it's listed kind of towards the end because it just takes a little bit of time to realize that in your P&L, but it does come, it might take eight, ten months before you start seeing significance, but certainly you'll see the benefit of less aggravation.
0: I was going to say, unfortunately, when it comes to telematics, like, you know, in a vehicle, you can, uh, you can, you know, put it on the engine, see how the engines do it, et cetera, et cetera. Um, there have not quite been an invention for telematics inside people. Um, so it uh, that's where, like, that that does come a little later, but it's something that I've always said, you know, automate those those time consuming tasks, those things that you know is a drain, and those tedious tasks, like you said, you know, monitoring the yard, doing other things like that, because it's so hard to find people that work in warehouses, and even harder for people who are willing to go to a cold warehouse where you literally work in like a fridge or a freezer every day. Um, I think you know people have to get more creative with how they're solving solutions in their warehousing because the, um, because the, you know, the the human capital is limited. And so you really have to make the most out of what you have available to you. Otherwise I think, you know, you're going to get a lot, you're going to have a such much higher turnover in your warehouse, which is going to be even harder to staff.
1: Learning curves are deep and, uh, it just said that, yeah, turnover is painful. right. All
0: right. So I think all we have is P left from your acronym.
1: Yeah. Product. Okay. So that's, that's the P. Um, couple things, and why it's listed last is pretty much operations are not going to share their product loss and damage line on their P and L, and it may not exist. And if it does, it's something like there. There's ways to dispose of product, but usually there's. It's just not a metric that's that's easy to get, even sometimes inside an organization. So that's why it's kind of a little bit hard to measure that piece of it. But the minute you save a load of chicken, or save a load of country milk gravy, which we talked about last month, you're 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 saving anywhere from thirty grand for something like that to to something that a protein load might be eighty grand, and that is a very quick realization of uh, that ROI. And then, but you you leaned into it just a minute ago when you said product quality. So you're saving yourself from losing product. We know this happens time and time again. Got plenty of case stories to, that we could share one day. But in terms of product quality, you're now showing a shipper network. So you're a carrier, you're showing the shipper, you're showing the customers that you are on top of your game. You're like next level as far as food safety goes. And it's really starting to matter. You will gain market share. We see it all over where carriers are trying to say, hey, uh, shipper, I'm actually best of your carrier network and I'm, I'm after more market share. We see that taking place. So it's just that it takes a little bit longer again to realize that because it's you know business growth.
0: Absolutely. And especially with some of the new regulations, like there's a new food traceability rule that says like you need to know everywhere that that piece of food has been from the moment it's picked from the field or the tree or however it's harvested, you need to know every crosstalk it was in, every place it's been, all the way to like the restaurant or the grocery store you sell it at it. Just because, you know, if someone were unfortunate to get sick, they want to be able to trace it back. And I, as a consumer, love that role. And as, as someone who, you know, knows there's some visibility struggles in the supply chain, I'm curious to see how that plays out. I think it's at least on the right track and those that are, you know, adopting some of these new things and, you know, thinking forward enough, I think that it's only going to be continued success and they're just going to have, they're going to have to have that conversation with some of their shippers maybe of like, do I need to go buy a lot more trailers for you? Because I think I'm running out of space. (laughs) There
1: you go. Hey, we talked about it a couple of months ago. Food, food quality, food safety is not going to go backwards
0: it's only going to continue forward. And I mean, if you have all this, these tools now, it's only going to get easier to, you know, add in extra things that are new regulation.
1: And I wouldn't say there, you know, that cold chain environment itself, I wouldn't say that it's COVID proof, but it's certainly shown itself to be COVID resistant. And in fact, because operations are now having to run so lean, they need to be able to make these changes very quickly. I would say COVID actually was a shot in the arm of cold chain.
0: So that being said, we are running out of time today, but we know your best. We know your best joke and we know where you stand on cereal and soup. So if you could only eat one color of food for the rest of your
1: life, what would do? what color would you choose? i got to need to have a think on this. Um...
0: Cause there's like a popular, there's a popular answer that has the most variety, and then there's, like,
1: all the others. I don't want any hints. I don't want any hints. I just didn't even have to think on it. And having to think on it, like, I love these Kiwi phrases that my Kiwi and Aussie friends, having to think, having to lie down, I was thinking. "Um, Let me look. Here is having a food item here on my table to help me. Here's a hamburger um, that my daughter made. It's, It's awesome. It's awesome. It's beautiful. I actually use it for my travel receipts. But I'm noticing red and yellow like are kind of a thing. So if I could talk a minute, think about this: uh, apples and banana. I like apples and bananas. Bananas are good. That's yellow. Um, waffle fries. We talked about waffle fries. Golden yellow waffle fries. The sauce to go along with them. Man, I'm I'm, I'm landing on yellow. It just makes sense. Wait a minute! I just realized something. Yellow and red. I wonder if people market food stuff with yellow and red signs to trick us because that's what we want. We just figured (laughs) something out. We We just nailed it. Yes.
0: All right. So if anyone wants to, uh, you know, share any other food marketing conspiracies with you, or if they have any questions about telematics, where can they find you outside the show?
1: Sure, you can email me at Travis.Ross at E-Road.com. E-R-O-A-D, like the kind you drive on. Uh, LinkedIn, it's Travis Ross SC for the South Carolina. Um, and then you could go to the E-Road website, probably find me there. But email, LinkedIn, reach out.
0: Awesome, thank you so much for joining us today.
1: Always a pleasure.
0: You can catch other episodes of Running On Ice right here on YouTube or anywhere else you get your podcasts like Apple Podcasts and Spotify. Need more Running On Ice news? No sweat. To the newsletter on freightways.com slash running on ice. See you on the internet.